0: to another episode of Commonality. I am your host, Jamie Gonzalez. Welcome! Welcome to my show. Uh, I'm very excited about this show. I say that with every show, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, We're finally in double digits. This is number 10. We have reached 10 episodes of the show, and I am thrilled that I have gotten this far uh, without ripping my hair out. Uh, not that that's a bad thing, some people have trichoma- trichotillomania, and that's okay um anyway, I digress, but yeah i uh I haven't had a nervous breakdown, which is cool. I've been able to get ten episodes out I've been able to interview ten people, which is great um anyway, I'm just proud of myself and I wanted to take this moment to give myself a little pat on the back, give myself a gold star um and hopefully not offend people with trichotillomania because there's nothing wrong with trichotillomania it's something they can't control i don't know if you don't if you know what that is it is a, uh, a obsessive compulsive disorder where people uh, will pluck out their hair and uh, anyway it's not their fault they can't control it <laughs> anyway this isn't a podcast about trichotillomania although i would like to interview someone with trichotillomania i think that would be really cool and interesting uh, so yeah, so if you have trichotillomania and you want to talk to me on the podcast, please email me at commonalitypodcast at gmail Or if you just have anything you want to say, uh, notes, uh, questions, comments, concerns, if you want to get to know me more, if you have follow up questions for some of our guests, email me. I want to hear from you. I want to know that you're listening. I want to, like, you know, engage in the uh, the followers or the people that listen. I don't want to call you followers. But in I would like to engage with the people who listen to those podcasts. So, you know, I want to know that you're listening. Um, it would also greatly help me if you, like, comment, subscribe. Those things really help. Especially comment. I, I don't have that many. The ones that I have are from, like, my friends, which I love and I'm grateful for. But also they're my friends. So, you know they're probably gonna be nice, which like don't be mean. But I'm not afraid of constructive criticism. I'm down with that. I did a lot of theater when I was young, and that's a lot of constructive criticism. So you know, bring it on. Let's friggin' do this. Um, I uh, I'm back in New York. It's nice to be back. It's finally starting to get warm. I've been eating bagels every day. I have a bagel that I've been working on this morning. It's sitting next to me. It's a uh, everything bagel with cream cheese, a classic, very delicious. Another good alternative to the bagel with cream cheese, bagel with avocado. I know that I'm from California and we, uh, our obsession with with, uh, avocado in California, it's very real. It's very visceral and it's very important. Because the avocado is delicious, you can add it to anything, you can flavor it in any way you want. So yes, if you've never had a bagel with avocado, um, I also suggest that you try that, because that will change your fucking world, let me tell you. I like to do it with that uh, salt, pepper, garlic, a little bit of turmeric, mmm, shit is delish. Anyway, I digress, welcome to the show, I hope you're having a great Monday, um, Simply the fact that I looked outside and it wasn't raining or snowing kind of already set my day up good. Um, I'm also excited because I'm gonna have lunch with my friend Troy today, who just made his Broadway debut. I'm so proud. Um, we've known each other literally our whole lives and now he's on freaking Broadway. Not to brag, but you know, I'm gonna brag because he's my friend and he's on a really good show. And I've also he will be a guest on the show at some point. I'm going to interview him. I just haven't had the chance because I, oh man, I was in California for two months. (laughs) I needed to settle back into the routine of walking around. (laughs) It has been um, fine for the most part, but you know, I had surgery not, you know, a couple months back. Part of that surgery was on my hip. So I'm still walking around with the stiffness, especially with this cold. But you know what? I'm going to soldier on, we're going to soldier on, and it's going to be fine. I think we're all going to be okay, and I think that's kind of the point. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lovely time talking with Leslie. Uh, She came over, and we actually talked for quite a while. (laughs) We, um, We only recorded, you know, what you're about to hear, but we also just had a lovely conversation about disabilities and the work that she's been doing and... Um, we didn't mention it on the show, but I did want to mention it here that Leslie is also a model. This is how I know Leslie. We, uh, modeled together for a company called Smart Glamour, you know, and I've got to give another shout out to Smart Glamour. Actually, Mallory will be the owner of Smart Glamour, owner and proprietor of Smart Glamour, which is a, uh, all-inclusive, ethically made clothing brand. Um, she will be my guest next week. So I'm very excited about that. Um, unless something happens, <laughs> between now and then then um yeah i don't know what to tell you um <laughs> oops sorry mistakes happen but no she'll i mean she's on my calendar i'm sure it'll be fine she'll be my guest next week and then if she's not my guest next week i'm still going to talk to someone cool and she'll still be on the podcast at some point so you know whatever it all works out why put param you know why put parameters i don't know what i'm trying to say anyway Don't cage yourself in. Life's not that serious. I hope you have a lovely day. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please like, comment, subscribe. Please tell a friend. And again, if you want to talk to me, uh, if you have follow-up questions, if you have questions for me, email me. Commonalitypodcast at gmail.com Please enjoy this episode. I hope you do. I put a lot of love into this work that I'm doing. It's a, you know... It's a small side thing of my life. Uh, I don't get paid for it, but I love it. And it makes me happy. And I think that's more important. Anywho, like, comment, subscribe. You know, it helps me out, guys. Uh, email me. Follow me on Twitter. I don't know what I'm doing. I rarely post. Uh, I, I don't really know Twitter that well, but I'm trying to figure it out. If you got some tips or tricks for me, please let me know. Um, feel free to follow me. I will follow you back. I'm just trying to bribe people at this point. Um, yeah. And then I'm also on Instagram, which if you would like to see the lovely faces of the, of my guests, that's where I post their pictures. Uh, I have a very lovely photo of Leslie to post today. She sent me, people usually will send me a couple and then I kind of pick my favorite, but of course the pictures that she sent me, we both agreed. Her favorite and my favorite were the same photo. So it is a lovely photo that I will be posting of Leslie. Uh, anyhow, please enjoy this episode. I hope you have a wonderful day. If you don't, that's fine. You know, hopefully tomorrow will be better. Anyhow, see y'all next time. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Leslie Tao. Welcome. I always do a round of applause. <laughs> Thank
1: you for having You're me. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for coming. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing very well.
0: It's a uh, lovely... Well, I guess it's not really
1: raining anymore. No,
0: it's, it's just so kind of overcast. Kind of misty. Yeah, there we go. That's a better word. Misty. Yeah.
1: All it's right. like London style. Weather. Yeah,
0: there we go. I can pretend that I'm in London even. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend for the day. I'm going to get like a big wool coat and yeah, a little okay. a pub or something.
1: Well, you're wearing plaid right now. Yes, I, I am
0: wearing plaid. Is that... Uh, does, do they wear a lot of plaid in... They do. Oh, yeah, do they? The oh, okay. Because
1: I think... They're very influenced by like the Scots cultures and the Irish cultures. Oh yeah, cultures, and that's so that's them.
0: super plaid. Well, because I I'm like a big plaid wearer because my dad was a big plaid wearer. So like for me, it's more of like representation of my Mexican heritage through my father's side of like it's wearing plaid, cold. and because it's just cozy, warm. Yeah. yeah, flannel and plaid. Like you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna be cold when you're rocking that flannel and plaid. Um and so today we're here to talk about you. Please describe yourself. All right. Um <laughs> So I
1: am a disabled dancer. Mm-hmm. I am a member of the core company of Heidi Latsky Dance, which is a physically integrated modern dance company, meaning um we are a company with disabled and non-disabled dancers. Um and I'm also a mama and a grandma. And um, I've been an activist within the disability justice and disability rights movements for probably going on 20 years now. Um, I'm 40. Well, I'm, I'm over 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, if you were, for the folks who can't see me yeah. right now, I'm, I'm white. I'm blonde and um sort of standard size body. Um, I do not have any mobility impairments i so in terms of dance but what might be different for, is that I have facial scarring, mm-hmm. and my hands are sort of gnarled and shaped like starfish. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so. there you go. I describe my hands as a biscuit with five sausages in it. <laughs> 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 starfish <a> lot cuter
1: <laughs> I love starfish
0: so. oh yeah they're so adorable um and would you would you be comfortable talking about your, dis- your disability and cause yeah. you've been disabled since you were a child yes yeah okay
1: yeah I mean I've been in a physically different mm-hmm. body since I was two years old mm-hmm. um and I I'm a person who really loves difference I love the richness Mm. of difference I Mm. I like how all of the nuances of and like I love textures and I think um Mm -hmm. as an artist too like those are like asymmetries and textures Mm -hmm. and all these things that are part of my disabled body yeah are are beautiful to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the word disability is not a word that I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think of it as the opposite of ability. I think of disability as more akin to disruption or dissent. Um, That's pretty punk rock. And very discerning. You know? <laughs> um, there's uh, and I think within disability activist work, like, I think we're we're trying to encourage people. Like Folks from disability justice and disability rights communities are often trying to encourage others to understand that disability isn't a negative thing. It doesn't need to be a stigma. It's part of every human experience, and it's part of what gives our life inventiveness, mm-hmm. and juice, yeah. you know, like yeah. there's a, there's a poem by a disabled woman named Cheryl Marie Wade that's called the woman with juice, you know, mm. because she's like, she has a juicy, juicy life as yeah. well as like a battery pack on her wheelchair. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel disability is something that I'm proud of. It's yeah. an identity and, um, I use it in my art. Fuck yeah. That's so great. And then you have been with your dance troupe how long? I've been with Heidi Latsky dance, for, since 2015, mm-hmm. um, I joined when Latsky began working on a project called On Display, mm-hmm. um, which began as like a human sculpture court, kind of. Um, Heidi Latsky is a modern dance artist who worked with mainstream major companies um, like Bill T. Jones and Arnie Zane, um, and then Began to integrate her company and become a fully integrated dance company in um, two thousand seven. So, um, sorry. So, uh, when I joined, she had been working with disabled dancers for a long time, and that and the this project was about playing with the gays specifically, mm-hmm. and she brought you know disabled non disabled. Um, dancers of different genders, different, um, like glorious heights or, um, different body shapes, different ages into these like guerrilla sculpture courts that then would erupt into movement. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started with that in 2015 and now, um, that work evolved into a full length evening, like it's a, an evening length hour and a half Mm -hmm. piece that begins in a sculpture court that the audience can weave through. Oh, cool. And then we begin dancing and, um. yeah, it's it's really wonderful work. I've been working yeah. in the on display, and it, now it's called Displayed Portfolio. Um, yes, I'm I'm really proud of it. I also dance with Infinity Dance, um, which is a physically integrated ballet mm-hmm. and um, and modern company. So cool. I've been with them. I, I've been a student dancer with them for a while, but mm-hmm. I'm actually June is going to be my first season dancing with
0: them. Cool. We have some shows at Riverside so awesome. Church. So. That's great. And you have a background in dance. You danced when you were young as well. Right? I
1: yeah. danced as a child. Um, as a kid growing up, like constantly in surgeries, mm-hmm. um, I had 68 cosmetic and reconstructive surgeries as a kid between mm-hmm. the ages of 2 and 14. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 14, I actually ran away from home because... I was just no yeah. <laughs> no more stop cutting
0: into me please <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah stop changing my face yeah. um, but um, during those years of like super medicalization and and not really being able to like have any kind of like normal social experiences because I was so constantly being taken out of things mm-hmm. right like my my so like my life was very medicalized or very marginalized just by my surgery schedule, mm-hmm. right? Dance was something that I could come into as a safe place and a place where I could really be in my body and express my body. Um, and, and I think it was kind of my first idea of beauty mm-hmm. was in motion. Um, I did ballet. My mom drove me five days a week, an hour <laughs> and a half each way, mm-hmm. uh, so that I could, I could study. Yeah. I loved it. But, um, when I was, um, 13 years old, I was told by my dance teacher, I, I hadn't, it hadn't occurred to me that I could not be a professional dancer. Mm -hmm. And, um, she told me that because I was funny looking, I would never, I, that was, those were her words, you know, because you, you would never be able to pursue this career. And I just, I stopped dancing. Mm.
0: You
1: know, I was almost 30 before I danced again. Yeah. yeah so I, I did dance as a child I did have yeah. that background but um yeah. yeah but when I came back into it I started with like uh circus burlesque yeah and
0: um, what do you think was something that kind of pulled you back to it because like I mean I know personally I know how that feels to have someone like kind of squash your dream because of what you look like and so you kind of just let it go because you're like well if I don't look the part I'm not ever going to be the part then that's not something that's going to be for me like and I know for me like that was acting and I just have never gotten back into it I've never like allowed myself to do that but for you like what was that push or that pull that was like this was something I loved and this was something that I need to keep doing
1: well I think it's a few things um one part of it I think is just that when you're Really passionate about something, you know. Dance is a passion, mm-hmm. and, and it's something that if it's inside you, you can't. You know, even when I wasn't dancing with a company or taking classes, you know, like if I was, I'm not a person who enjoys clubs. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't enjoy going out. And yet, if I was at a club or even in the grocery store, and something came on that I wanted to move to, like yeah, that there was always something in me pushing me that way. Yeah, um, and I always was kind of envisioning things choreographically and kind of Mm. imagining the physical expression of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the other thing was that, you know, when I was living in New York City, right, and I was living in Coney Island, and I was seeing the wealth of diversity around me, um, I did begin to see examples Mm. of disabled dancers. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily people with similar bodies to mine, but but a diversity of bodies yeah um, Heidi Latsky dance was working with um a quadruple amputee named lisa bufano mm. um and i I watched her dance and I watched her be beautiful mm. um, and then at the same time, the dance world was also expanding in other ways in terms of diversity um you know you we were seeing a lot more representation of black dance and a lot more um you know, in within modern dance, the the spectrum of generations that are included in modern dance has begun to be enlarged, and um, yeah, I just I started to see more possibilities.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I can't not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I thought that if those people could carve out a path for themselves, then I could carve out a path for myself. Okay, yeah.
0: that's awesome. What is your? What do you think is like? the highlight for you? Like, is it when you're performing or is it when you're learning something or is it even, like, in any type of dance space where you can kind of have that freedom? Like, is there one specific moment that is the sweetest or is it, like, every aspect of it?
1: I really do love every aspect, but I think -hmm. think there are two moments that I love the most Mm -hmm. and they're kind of opposite in Mm -hmm. some ways from one another. I love any kind of... What we call *in situ* or within, like a specific situation, site-specific improvisation. Mm-hmm. Because I love being able to respond to my surroundings and my audience. I love mm-hmm. to, I love to be able to play with the gaze mm-hmm. too, and like kind of interact with other people's expectations of me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, so I love that kind of improvisational moment. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I really love is the rehearsal process and the learning process. Mm-hmm. I am not somebody who learns easily at this point in my life. Like taking in new skills, you know, trying to train in extremely technical dance forms like Horton, at which is um, a kind of modern dance that is all about angles and it's done almost mm. entirely with like completely straight limbs. And right. It's, it's very technical. And, yeah. And trying to learn something like that, um, when maybe you're not the world's fastest uh, cognitive processor, which Mm -hmm. I'm not personally, um, every time I learn a new skill and just the rigor of it, Mm -hmm. I like anything that takes a intense work ethic, you know, like I come from rural working class people and I really like stuff I can really put a lot of labor into. Yeah. Uh,
0: Definitely. Yeah, I like
1: I like intellectual rigor combined with physical labor. Like, <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. My grandpa worked on the railroad. I'm like, oh, cool. I that's cool. I'm like
0: if Eugene Debs was reborn as some kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. And do you have like a f- favorite piece that you've done so far, or something that you're like excited about working on, or? I definitely do. Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm. I really love Heidi Latsky's Displayed, which we are still working on. We actually right now are in residence at City College, Mm -hmm. um, which is a wonderful place to be in residence because it's such that our company, um, we the entire company out of 18 dancers, eight of whom are dancers with disabilities, but we're also, um, all of our male principal dancers are men of color, A predominantly um, black and Asian Mm. company. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of the only white folks. Um, And that, the area that we're in is very rich ethnically, and there's a lot of, like, it's a beautiful place for our company to be. There's a lot of dialogue, and the students are amazing. Um, we have shows that will be open to the public April fourth and fifth. Oh cool. They're free uh, coming up. I, so I'm super excited about yeah. that. Yeah. I am also a artist in residence, um, right now with Abilities Dance in Boston. I'm in a show called Audacity. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody in the Boston area, which is March the twenty second. Oh that's I'm, sooner. Yeah. I am a I'm a guest dancer and guest choreographer there. I've never been a guest choreographer cool. ever. I have a yeah. Trio of beautiful dancers I'm really excited about. And um, I'm also, yeah, I'm really those are those are two pieces that
0: I'm really hyped about. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Them. That's so cool. Yeah. Well and that's great too that you, you know, like we could say took a hiatus, I guess we could call it, and then have been able to like come back to something that you love and do something do really cool shit with it that's so awesome I love that
1: well one of the wonderful things about physically integrated dance is that you learn to use your disability or or whatever your physical difference is mm-hmm. too like I say like if it's a glorious height or it's a um, you know like a person's um, the angles or curves of one's body using those things choreographically right mm-hmm. like I think that's it's a gift mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a gift Again, it's a gift to be in a company in which disability is in conversation with yeah. race and ethnicity and gender um, where we're really kind of... There's something very freeing mm. about
0: about that and about yeah. being
1: able to like see all of us and all of our nuances. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And do you think that we're like getting into a world or we're in a world or... Do you think that it, we are in a time that is has more representation of disabled bodies, or do you think... I mean, I don't, I, I mean personally, I, I feel like we have a long way to go, even in New York City, because I know that they say that New York City is one of the most accessible cities for people with disabilities, but even so, it's not that accessible.
1: Absolutely <clears> true. <throat> mm-hmm. I, yes, I do think that in some ways we're seeing better representation mm-hmm. than we've than we've seen in the past, for yeah. sure. And I think, um, specifically within the arts um, and within dance, I think right now there is kind of a movement toward at least attempting to have better representation. Mm-hmm. But I think, particularly in New York, I think one of the struggles is that when we think about representation, we're often, first of all, not thinking intersectionally. Mm, absolutely. Um, and, you know, just because you have, like, a white m- cisgendered male person who's a wheelchair user—that doesn't mean that you've actually represented the spectrum of disability in your, in your piece. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because disability is overrepresented in other communities, mm-hmm. and particularly um, non-white communities. Like disability is much as physical disability is overrepresented in those mm-hmm. communities, and that's not reflected in how we see disability depicted on right. stage or screen. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I think within, within New York City, and especially thinking about within the performing arts, there's a big difference between representation in terms of visibility and representation that's like equitable representation. Mm-hmm. Um, Liz Jackson said that the opposite of apathy is not empathy, it's equity. piece that I was just talking about, displayed that I love so much, is work that encourages empathy and human connection. Yeah. Without equity, without being equals, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of that, that connection is kind of meaningless if it right. doesn't include respect. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the problem right now. I think that representation has to go beyond visibility. And yeah. And
0: be something meaningful. Absolutely. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I've been trying to think of, like, in movies or TV, like, where where are examples of disability that I've seen? And I can think of one show, which is a Superstore. They have a guy in a wheelchair, but he's not an actual person that uses a wheelchair. It's an able-bodied person yeah. playing a person in a wheelchair. And I'm like, couldn't they have found an actor that was in a wheelchair? Right. There's got to be one. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to talk about
1: accurate representation, mm-hmm. right? Um, the disability community has some of the same issues that the trans community does. Yeah. Right? Where, you know, you have actors who aren't a part of our world who yeah. are getting work well. Actors with disabilities aren't. Right. And the actors who are not disabled, who are playing disabled characters, often win awards for, you know, Yeah. As uh, we, we call it cripping up. <laughs> 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 so, like, it's the, it's the disability version of, like, blackface, basically. Um, Eddie Redmayne, yeah. um, but at the same time, like examples of accurate representation that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not this current season, but the previous season season of American Horror Story. Oh yeah. Um, there was a, a character uh, who was played by Matt Fraser, who's uh, Matt Matt Seal, uh, Seal Fraser. He. Um,
0: oh right! He, he's,
1: yeah 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 he's a, he's he's a sideshow performer yeah. who's also a classically trained actor he's a fantastic actor yeah um he was like the one of the
0: leads uh-huh. in that
1: in that series and that same series also has had um other actors with disabilities have yeah. been accurately
0: because that was well that that specific season they did have two people right jamie and yeah I, I, and
1: they actually tried to cast all of the sort of carnival characters yeah um very with realistic and accurate yeah. representation um uh the deaf actress marley matlin gets a lot of work and mm-hmm. she's extremely talented and is, at, is out there really um the uh web series step it up there's a guy named eric i've forgotten eric's last name oh my gosh! <laughs> he's but he's also a uh disabled dancer with uh-huh. a company called full radius oh cool um so you know there are examples and um yeah. Micah Fowler is in Speechless. Uh, he plays. Oh, I haven't seen that. I have not watched enough of it because I'm not a huge uh, TV person sure. these days. But um, he plays somebody who's nonverbal and. Oh okay. Um, he's a person with, yeah. So, That's awesome. Um, another great example would be Breaking Bad. Um, I never. I've never seen the whole show. The, okay. Well, <laughs> well the son in it is is in fact.
0: Oh. But, and,
1: an actor with cerebral palsy. Oh,
0: cool! Oh, because that's part of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he has cerebral palsy? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, right, right. But right, right, also right.
1: remember that of these people that I list, that I just listed, three of them are white men.
0: Right, which is so, yeah, certainly not not a clear represent full representation of right. people with disabilities. Yeah, and, and then have it
1: not even accurate in the demographic sure. of disability communities. Yeah.
0: Did I ask you how you feel about the word "disabled"? I don't remember. I don't know if I asked you here. I know we've I been talking. about don't think you asked it. me on
1: tape. Okay. But I think I began my introduction with it. I'm I'm not afraid of that word. Yeah. I love it. I, oh. I, I you know I'm, I'm disruptive. I'm a dissenter. I, That's right. Oh yeah. I call I'm it discerning. punk rock. Yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. We've been and, talking for a while, so I kind of like yeah. where are
1: we? What are you? And I do with? think that um, I think that most people within disability activists circles or uh, social justice circles that are attempting to incorporate disability, um, uh, really encourage embracing that mm-hmm. word. Yeah. Um, there's, I also, I think often, um, disabled folks kind of feel patronized by phrases like differently abled.
0: Mm, I mean, right. Those are
1: things that are, are kind of offensive to us. Well because like it
0: kind of makes you sound like you're an other or like yeah, a. Yeah it's very othering. Yeah. It, it, it's
1: it's, un, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I think also there are some who like that um, talk about person first language where they you know they see themselves as a person with a disability rather yeah. than a disabled person. Yeah. But I think. Often that's used as a way to not see the disability. You know, like a universalizing kind right. of. Right. Like, oh, you know, when I look at you, I don't even see your disability. Well, why don't you see my disability? My disability is part right. of my experience. It's part of my identity. It's part yeah. of what makes me me.
0: That kind of reminds me of when people are like, "I don't see color." It's what, like it, exactly. you can see colors. There's nothing wrong with seeing color. If you don't,
1: if you don't see color, then you're universalizing and you're invisibilizing that experience right yeah and that's it's own kind of racism absolutely and and not seeing the disability is it's own kind of ableism yeah Um, I guess for anybody listening who's not aware that ableism is discrimination against an
0: oppression of people with disabilities Mm -hmm. disabled people even well ableism is everywhere, even in the construction of buildings, there is ableism which like, it's oh we all just assume that everyone can step up steps and not all buildings need ramps. that's like
1: what do you mean <laughs> yeah, and disability takes many forms, yeah, so you know' che- like what you're referencing here is like visible physical disability mm-hmm. and mobility impairment, but you know there's um there's cognitive and intellectual mm-hmm. disabilities, there's psychiatric disabilities, disability is also a huge spectrum. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of different kinds of stigmas that affect all of those things. Absolutely. And affect structural access, too. And I think all of those kinds of disability are socially constructed to, like, something that is impairing in one situation is not necessarily impairing. Like, are you disabled? If you're you're a wheelchair user, Mm -hmm. like, what does it mean for your disability identity if you're living in a space where... It, everything is ramped, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of universal design. And mm-hmm. if there's no attitudinal stigma right. toward you, like are you still "quote unquote" disabled? Right. And what, what does that mean? It's it's it is a positive identity for me, but it's also an identity of resistance. Sure. To absolutely to the structural and
0: yeah. attitudinal barriers. Well, and I think so much of that, I mean, just from like I don't know my own perspective, is that a lot of it is people don't understand or people don't know people with disabilities, or they but don't... But see,
1: that is bullshit. That is bullshit right there. Oh, yeah? If people think, oh, I don't know anybody with a disability... Right. I'm sorry. Like, if you have a grandparent, if uh-huh. you know... Like, disability is part of aging, first of all. Is, right. Oh, like, I didn't even think about that. Like, if you... If anybody in your family, if you've had... Um, Somebody who's aged to a point where, and they're and they're using a wheelchair or yeah. a walker or a cane. If you're wearing a hearing aid, if you, um... You're blowing you my learning, mind because these are
0: literally things that I've never thought about in my life.
1: People who have learning disabilities. Yeah. Um, a person who has dyslexia. Mm-hmm. A person who um, is on the autism spectrum. Um, somebody who's bipolar. Somebody who has depression. Somebody, you know, like all of those things. Um, If you have a friend who is HIV-positive, HIV-AIDS is a whole spectrum of disability identity, right? Um, If you know somebody, if there's somebody in your family who's a service person, Uh who's been in the military, um, chances are they have PTSD PTSD or have a traumatic brain injury, there's a lot of that
0: experience.
1: yeah. I mean, see, this is why people need to have these spectrum.
0: conversations. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just like, no. this is why people need to have these conversations. Because it's like, look at like, let's see the world. Like, let's let me look at let me look outside of myself and my my own experiences. And like,
1: right. I and mean, we think about disability as a quote unquote minority. identity right. Frequently. But in fact, it's. A majority experience. Yeah. Everybody will experience it in some way in their lifetime. Right. And everybody, it's a club you can join at any minute, you know. Yeah, truly.
0: (laughs) Truly, truly. Yeah, I have friends who were able-bodied and are no longer able-bodied, you know, halfway through their life.
1: And changes in one's ability or disability status, like changes in one's body aren't necessarily negative. I mean, there can be, no. I think, often, you know, of course, any kind of huge change, there's like a, a grieving process mm-hmm. because it's change, you yeah. know, and we're, but it's also just part of living and, and learning new things about ourselves. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I want to make sure that I say also to yeah. folks listening that one of my favorite ways to think about disability um is you know the poet and dancer Neil Marcus mm-hmm. said, uh, "Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way of living." Yeah, and disability is. It gives us an impetus to explore, to adapt, to experiment. It's like it's jazz. Yeah, right? I love that. Who said yeah. that? Well, Neil Marcus said, "Disability is an art." Neil I, I think you, I'll just you say added the rest. Yeah, jazz, <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little Lawrence
0: Carter longish, but I. That's okay. You can interpret things in your own words. I think that sometimes that helps if you can kind of make your own synopsis yeah, of what somebody else Lawrence says. Lawrence Carter-Long is a
1: media guy who, and, uh, in the disability community, who also um, at one point danced with Heidi Latsky. Oh, so.
0: okay, cool. Yes. Awesome. All right. Um, do you have any last words? Any last statements, sentiments, things people should know? Um... Or anything you just want to say?
1: I mean, things that I am really excited about Mm -hmm. right now. I don't know know, if um, anybody has an ability to see a show by Abilities Dance, which is based in Boston, sometimes comes to New York. They are a company led by a 24-year-old disabled queer black woman named Elise Patterson who is kicking ass as a CEO that's awesome and making gorgeous intersectional work um so I'm like super proud to be one of their first major guest artists that's so cool that's awesome
0: I love that that's so great (laughs) but I love it too because it's like that's so that's so wonderful that you you know even from someone telling you no you'll never do that and now you're like well watch me (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, and and there are so many. I guess I can can I use my last minute to just list some companies yeah, doing do, amazing yeah, work. Yeah, do whatever okay. you want. Kinetic Light, mm-hmm. um, helmed by Alice Shepard, is also a queer, um, black, disabled woman-led collective making gorgeous work. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, huge plug for Infinity Dance, a marked Dance Project coming into their tenth season at Gibney Dance right now gorgeous contemporary dance that's physically integrated mm-hmm. and internationally um i love touch compass based in new zealand stopgap dance in the uk if you could ever can look them up on the web they are beautiful and Nalatari in indonesia is mm-hmm. um kicking ass and they are i believe helmed by um muslim women who are, who are oh dancers. awesome that's freaking great
0: that's cool. Do you have any personal plugs, social media? If you um, want to plug your own social media. You yeah, don't have to. You don't
1: want to. I don't do Facebook anymore. Cool. So the only. only way to really follow me um, on social media is E-F-E-M-M-E-R-A-N-Y-C, mm-hmm. ephemera NYC on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Heidi Latsky Dance Instagram is great. Um, yeah. You know, we have I'll tag amazing. Them we have amazing yeah. performers. Fuck yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I'll do all of the tagging that I can find. <laughs> I'm like, let me tag everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. You... Abilities
1: Dance Boston, Heidi Latsky Dance. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So
0: and then cool. any like, I don't know, anything you want to personally say or personal
1: statements, personal comments. I am not always perhaps the most articulate spokesperson for <laughs> for my for my uh, my causes. And... That's okay. But, um, no, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really, I do feel like often there are these conversations around representation and also conversations around, like, body positivity and mm-hmm. that don't really meaningfully include disability. Right. And especially when they're not led by disabled people. Sure. I, I think there's, it's kind of a, an easily tokenized identity. And yeah. Oh, I know, I know something. Yeah. Um. Uh, I know something wonderful, actually. If I were to recommend to to your audience one disabled dancer working yeah. now, I could only recommend one. Mm-hmm. Um, also the creative director of Heidi Latsky Dance. Uh, his name is Jeron, J-E-R-R-O-N Herman. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also a solo artist and has worked with other com- companies. He is an African-American dancer with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. He is probably, I, th- I think mm-hmm. he is... The best dancer of our generation.
0: Yeah.
1: Not just in disability dance, just but in, in dance. dance yeah. He's an amazing mover. Cool. And I'm hella honored to work with him. Yeah. So I would look him up. Okay. What's his name again? Jerron. J E R R O N. I think his Insta is Jerron Marcel because mm. his middle name. And there's also uh, Kayla Hamilton is making amazing work Oh, here. Cool. She's a blind dancer.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. So any more any more plugs? Any last words? I don't know. I'm just like, nah, I don't know. I mean <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to I say? Have, <laughs> I have amazing friends.
1: I have amazing friends that I'm really, really yeah I'm super proud of. Um, you know, all of those companies are amazing. Axis Dance out on the West Coast is doing amazing work in California. Mm-hmm. But you know, they've been making work for decades now. Yeah. And, um, some of the things that are new and emerging, like the work that Jerron is doing, the work that Kayla is doing. Um, the work that kinetic Light is doing they' just i 'm completely i 'm grateful to be a part of this particular moment in mm-hmm. physically integrated dance and disability dance because yeah. there are so many opportunities we are providing models that we didn 't have yeah. as children
0: I have a follow up last follow up yes. if you had advice or something that you think a young Person with disabilities should know or should hear or even to yourself as a young disabled person like what would you tell them or yourself as a young disabled person?
1: Did that I come th- out
0: right? Sometimes I feel like I ask questions and they don't. I don't know. I many of my answers probably
1: ramble and I'm right. sure that I, I sometimes use really inappropriate <laughs> terminology for other people. Um, I'm not really... But if I were to speak to myself as a young yeah. person, I think one of the things that i would i I would say to baby Leslie, yeah, yeah that just because you haven't seen this like, mm-hmm. just and just because others haven't seen it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't do it and be it, yeah, like where I grew up. We saw a very limited slice of the world, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to find a way. Yeah, and I think for other young people, like when we go into the schools, you know, I think something that I, because like Heidi Latsky Dance does frequently go into the schools, and something that I really encourage um, young artists to think about mm-hmm. is ways that they can use the things that make them unique to make them powerful
0: mm.
1: and just resilience yeah
0: mm. that's awesome I love that I think that's the beautiful I think that's a beautiful place to end because that was great and I love yeah. it thank you so much for coming and talking to me I really appreciate that you would give me your time you've been here for like two hours at this point oh. <laughs> two and a half hours at this point we've been hanging out a while that's, but that's right. good that's it's good, good to hang, out. It's yeah, good yeah, to hang yeah. out. there's nothing wrong with that I'm <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all um but thank you so much for coming and talking to me. I really appreciate it. And uh please come back next week. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show. And Hope- don't be afraid to say disabled. Yeah, there we go. Don't be afraid to say disabled. I like that. <laughs> and uh don't be a dick. Goodbye. <laughs>